welcome everybody to the degenerational podcast this is the brainchild of a group of degenerate gamblers who really only know sports but we will definitely try to convince you otherwise with me today we're back it's me mitch dave fortunately justin is missing this week uh dealing with some health some sinus issues there so we're gonna miss health this issues week. making yeah. it sound way too serious. Say, yeah, I mean, he just text us and tell, tell us he was on his deathbed. So, holy, no fun yeah. dealing with some health issues. No, it's not wrong, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, we we've been making picks. We haven't we've missed the last two weeks. Uh, so this will be episode six, even though we missed two weeks now. Um, for that. We 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 were making picks. Uh, Mitch actually did not make any picks last week, so he kind of uh, tried to fix his numbers without picking anything. But I don't think it helped. Um, Dave had a rough week last week. I had an okay week in NFL, but a rough week college. Two weeks ago, we all did pretty pretty even. I think it was pretty much five hundred across the board. Uh, Justin had a really good uh, week five of college football as well. So, we, you know, we're, we're rolling in. We're rolling into college. I got a 47% hit rate. Dave has a 49% win rate, hit rate, and Mitch has a 45% hit rate. Uh, Justin definitely has the better hit rate here, but he, since he's not picking, we're not going to go over that. But the big, big number here is the consensus has a 59% hit rate. The majority has a 57% hit rate. I mean, when we, we put our brains together... That's when we win. That's what I'm here for. I'm just part of the greater organism. I'm like a, I'm like a leg. <laughs> the other leg. So Dave, does that make you the third leg? I... <laughs> it's all coming together now. Yep, well, it I is. I love it when a Full plan circle. comes together. Yeah. <laughs> Full circle now. So, I mean, we're... The biggest thing I think that we should hit on here to start off is we are in probably one of the greatest sports times of the year. We are in our 50-day window of 50 days of straight football from every day. I believe it was what started last Wednesday. It was 50 straight days. So, I mean, yesterday was Tuesday. We had some Conference USA. We had some Sunbelt action. Uh, that Coastal Carolina game last night was pretty crazy for one. Uh Grayson McCall also, I don't know if you guys saw the video, he was definitely letting the fans have it as he was walking off the field, but then made sure to put his helmet back on before he walked through the student section. Kind of, smart that was, man. That was a pretty, yeah, that was a pretty funny video, but very smart that move on his part. So, And then we uh, we got U, UTEP and FIU playing right now. FIU's rocking those sick Vice jerseys. Kind of want one, not going to lie. What are they down? They're down at uh, 17 at half, dude. I'm hammering. As soon uh, as I caught uh, a glimpse so, uh, of that, UTEP scored again for the half. Yeah, so last last we looked, it was twenty one seven. So yeah, it's twenty four seven now. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of big games last week. I think none bigger, in my opinion, than the Red River rivalry, Red River shootout, whatever you want to call it these days. Uh, we did not have the correct pick on that last week, or at least I didn't. Dave did. Dave took Oklahoma plus six and a half. I had Texas minus six and a half. I'm going to be 100% honest. I had at least four bets that had Texas minus nine and a half. I was very bullish on Texas to just go in there and blow them out like they did last year. I did lose two parlays on. I had Texas money line. And I lost two parlays on that, dude. How do you how do you play prevent defense and then let them just gash you down the field with a 40-yard Gain and then uh, another like what thirty yard gain for a touchdown. That, that PI was call it, it was, was a little questionable. Plays, right? It was a little questionable PI call, but I mean I, I but agree. He, at the same time, the they shouldn't. Calls they, yeah, they shouldn't have been. The they shouldn't have been in the position to like let that call. To, you know? There were what forty seconds left, thirty five, no timeouts. Yeah, that dude, that is just horrible. You cannot allow that to happen. Yeah, Prevent defenses should be done. It's a lot. No easy, it's a lot easier to get it done in college with the clock stopping on first downs, but they did. They did change it now, where the clock only stops until they reset the chains, instead of like how it was previously, where if you got the first down, it just 
it stopped and then it started when you yeah, had the ball again. You pretty much only lost, yeah, you only lost like a second there. You just, yeah, you just made them act, they have to actually like run down and get set again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was, I had a bad week college. I was three and nine picking. Uh, Dave was three and eight. So it was not. <laughs> Dude, that's why I took the week off. <laughs> I was gonna say Justin went six and five. Actually, um, that would be the week I would be like nine and three somehow. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah and, well, you yeah, kind of. I was gonna say yeah. You almost. Uh, I we only had a majority. Same same thing situation we're gonna have this week without one person picking. Uh, we were missing some majority. Pick. We only had majorities. We didn't have any consensus picks, which is good because our majority only went one and three last week. So that that majority took a little bit of a hit. No consensus took it. We do got some majorities this week as well. And actually, I think the first game we're going to talk about is majority here. We got UMass, who is one and six, three and four against the spread. There is no available money line at this time. Uh, at number six, Penn State, five and zero, oh, five and zero oh against spread, and minus forty-two favorites with a fifty-six over/under. I mean, I started. I'm going to start it off with PSU, minus forty-two, but under fifty-six here. Um, I mean, I, I don't think UMass scores on Penn State's defense for one. It's just a matter of if James Franklin's going to keep the foot on the gas and put up 42 or not. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't, it, it's, uh, I think once they get a hefty lead, they're just going to coast, I think, because it is UMass. It's not even going to be close. I think, honestly, <laughs> I feel like there's something in in the air with Penn State, the rumor is that, you know, James Franklin is pleasing the boosters by covering the spreads, because obviously if you're a booster, you're definitely going to be betting on your on your boys to cover, to win. And I think he proved it with that Northwestern, the fake kneel, the fake kneel down in garbage so time for the I, touchdown. I want to address, I want to address that. I, was kind I of don't believe it was a fake kneel. I, Kind of. I personally felt like he was trying. It was kind of an overly trying to sell the draw. They did not need to score in that situation, regardless. No, they, that oh, was no, scoring, they didn't. They but, didn't need yeah. to score, but I, I don't think yeah. it was intended to be a fake knee. I don't think it was intended to look like a fake. Isn't knee. that supposed to be a penalty if it's like actually a so, fake kneel? Because of the funny enough, the Kenny Pickett rule. Uh, if a quarterback go like looks like they're going down. It's supposed to just end the play there, and there, and that's essentially what a lot of people were arguing. Actually, I think Pat McAfee specifically was pointing it out that, like, because of the Kenny Pickett rule, he should have been called down because it looked like he was giving himself up to knee the ball. But again, I think I think the rest probably looked at it the same way I did. I think he just was doing a, a really terrible job of trying, like. His action move was intended to sell a play action like he was trying he was gonna just like QB blast up the middle and then dropped back. So I think that was what it was intended to be. And it wasn't supposed to be a knee. Yeah, well I think if they would have QB sneaked it or QB blasted it in that situation, that would be pretty aggressive call for that situation <laughs> but yeah i so i could see why they would they would think that it's a kneel down um but i'm not complaining because you know that was part of my parlay that i lost anyways but hey i won that part of it yeah so i mean so, I, so I and that's i agree i agree with your statement about the uh trying to cover spreads for the boosters with penn state being five and zero against spread it kind of feels like i have to take penn state to cover spread mm-hmm. because it does seem like twice now because even the West Virginia game people called it out that when they put the backups in they went down the field and scored when they could have just easily run the clock off and in that way they covered the spread as well so yep. some, something yeah, they tells did me it. there is a chance that they're you know James Franklin knows the spread and is covering the spread intentionally they did it pretty obviously twice this year, yeah. in my opinion, that West Virginia game and then yeah. at Northwestern. So I, I think there's something there. I could see them being up 34 with 30 seconds left and just scoring a touchdown <laughs> and not only scoring a touchdown, but going for two. Going for two. And just, yeah. to, just to push the spread. Yeah, and I, I think what's kind of... That would, be, that would be all telling at that point. At that point, there's no denying it. Yeah, this also kind of seems like the kind of game where Penn State could easily be up 42 at halftime. Two. Yeah, and then like, well, if that's yeah, the case, I think the under is not liking too hot. 
That's and well, and so I think they may just come out in the second half and just try their best to not coast. score. Yeah, after that, like, or maybe they do come out and they want to put up seventy because they want to make a statement or something. I don't know that UMass is the team you make a statement against, but maybe that's what yeah. they want to do. That's not the way Penn State works. They'll do it against Michigan, Ohio State well, when they play them. I did. I did find it quite comical that James Franklin called well he didn't specific specify which coach it was or which school it was but oh, yeah. the comments about how easy schedule yeah you know having the easy schedule and oh this school is buying out games so all that way yeah, yeah so that way they can get all these easy games on their schedule and it's like you had Delaware and UMass and what was expected to be a really bad WVU team like yeah, you know, pot meat kettle. <laughs> Honestly, though, I I think yeah, I think that was kind of a stupid comment by James Franklin, just because they he knows that he's no matter what, all Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State are going to face, they're going to be facing two elite teams every year. So no matter what, you got to go through those guys, and that and that's really the litmus test to see if you got what it takes. I love that Minnesota, that Michigan also paid Minnesota's head coach to say that they're that was the best football team he's ever faced in his life. Like that's bullshit, dude. No. <laughs> it is one hundred percent bullshit. That's ridiculous, dude. Well my money reason, under the table. Yeah, my reason for picking Penn State here to cover is actually the reason of my next pick. So next game up well, we have number eight Oregon who is five and and five and against the spread plus one twenty four <laughs> at number seven Washington five and three and two against spread minus one forty eight. Washington are minus three favorites at home with a 67 point over under I took Oregon plus three because Oregon is five and zero against the spread whether Oregon wins or not I mean I think this is gonna be a great game we may potentially this may be the game for the Heisman winner depending on how things go for the rest of the year I mean Bo Nix versus Michael Penix Jr this is this is gonna be an all-out you know a crazy game to watch to begin with um Oregon covering plus three, I think, is more so just like how I feel about them covering the spread. I think they very easily could win this game too, but Oregon plus three just feels good about them covering the spread. Yeah, and to kind of piggyback off of you, like Oregon's record against Washington is seven and three last ten. So I think Oregon Oregon's definitely going to win this game. I chose the money line for the odds to be a little bit better than the points. They won't need the help. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of agree with that. If I were going to uh, take Oregon in this situation, which I'm not, I'm taking Washington minus three, um, I would just take them money line because I think, like AJ was saying as well, it's it's going to be Knicks versus Penix. Whoever has the better game is the team that's going to win, to be honest. It's going to be a shootout. I wasn't impressed with Knicks at Auburn. I don't know if anyone was, to be honest. But obviously, you know, it's new and improved. It's it's Bo Nix 2.0. So you never know. But I'm just waiting for, you know, him to struggle again. Penix has looked solid all year at home. I think he shows out. It's a big game. Must win for them. Huge game. So I'm going Washington minus three here. I will say, I don't think it's talked enough about the potential of Bo Nix flopping again because it did happen last year too while he you know he was at Oregon last year as well he did ha- I want to say it was I want to say it was Texas I think they played Texas last year and he just didn't show up at all in that game and that was basically the game that everyone was like okay Bo Nix is not a Heisman candidate anymore even though Oregon had a great year it was like that one game he just like did not show up and and so everybody was like yeah that you know scratch him out of the Heisman race this year, you know, come back next year kind of thing. So I, I think it's not talked enough about it, the potential of that happening again. Yeah, and I think everyone is going to have a struggle game. There's no doubt about that. But, yeah, I'm also yeah. I'm following Washington on um, following the money, and there's a system with a 57% hit rate that I'm also uh, I'm following, taking them minus three. So that's where I'm at on this one. Next, all right, next up, 6.30 p.m. on Saturday, we got an interesting game, to say the least. Number 14, Louisville, 6-0, and 
three and three against spread minus three ten at Pittsburgh, who is one and four and one and four against spread plus two fifty spread of plus seven and a half for Pitt, forty six and a half point over under. This is a majority amongst the group here. We all took Louisville minus seven and a half. Um, I, I mean, I think there's no doubt Louisville is going to win this game, no matter who. I don't think you could bring Kenny Pickett back at this point and for Pitt to win this game. Uh, Louisville looks amazing. I mean, they beat the brakes off of Notre Dame last week. And that was, I mean, I, I don't think it really anybody saw that coming. I think everybody saw there was potential for Louisville to win. I don't think anybody saw them beating them by 20 points. So, I, I mean, yeah. I took Louisville minus seven and a half. I, if they can beat Notre Dame by 20 points, there's no reason they can't beat Pitt by seven and a half. Yeah, I don't, I didn't understand the spread. There, there's, there's a reason why it's only seven and a half, but, you know, I, I don't see this as a very interesting game. Um, it's Pitt and Louisville. It's probably going to be a blowout. Um, I chose Louisville minus seven and a half, too. Yep, I'm with you guys. I took minus seven and a half as well. Like like Dave said, I I have no idea why it's only seven and a half. I understand it's at Pitt, but that does not really, you know, bridge the gap for me there. I feel like the spread should be fourteen, if I'm being honest. I would I wouldn't be surprised if it was seventeen and a half. But um I'm taking a minus seventeen and a half. I'm also or minus seven and a half. I'm also taking the under uh forty six and a half. Just because I don't see Pitt scoring too much, I'm not sure. I don't think Louisville has the greatest defense, but we've I think we've seen that Pitt. You know that doesn't really matter for well, Pitt because Pitt, they can't really score regardless. Pitt can score. Um, they have games where they do. I mean, we put up a good amount of points on uh, UNC. We put up points on Cincinnati. So I mean, Pitt can score. The interesting thing will be. Christian Bayer didn't look great when he came in at the end of the UNC game. Uh, we pretty much put up all of our points in the first half. Um, no, Phil Jerkovic is not moving to tight end. Pat Narduzzi doesn't know where anybody got that idea. Um, <laughs> interesting, interesting tidbit there. Um, but I got that idea sense, from you. This is the Christian. You know, they're, talk, you. they're talking about it's the Bay era now. You know, Chris, Christian Bayer's era. Uh, you know, he's taken over now. So we'll see what he's got this week. This is, I mean. It's kind of a rough game to get your first start, but at the same time, now or never, really, um, I don't think the outcome would necessarily be guaranteed to be better with Phil. So I'm I'm ready to watch. Uh, you know, Pitt could go one and eleven this year, but we've made the change to a quarterback that's going to start next year, in my opinion. So go Christian Veyu. Ride it out. So they're rebuilding, huh? Again, they're retooling. We call it retooling, Dave. Oh, we totally okay. Oh <laughs> so, sad. Uh, moving on to seven thirty, we got a we got a big game. Number ten USC six and zero, but they are only two and four against the spread. Plus one twenty underdogs at number twenty one Notre Dame, who is five and two, four two and one against the spread of minus one forty two, two and a half point favorites, sixty two and a half over under. I took USC money line and the under here because, I mean, if you're looking at these games, Notre Dame's playing, their defense shows up sometimes. Well, I was I started to make that comment and then realized they did give up 30-something points to Louisville. But, I mean, you look at the Ohio State game, what, 14-17. Look at the Duke game, it was, what, 17-10 or something like that. Um, a lot of low-scoring games in Notre Dame when they're playing these other ranked teams. And I think the it's it's kind of hard to say. It was really difficult to take under any number with Alex Grinch's defense at USC, but 62.5 is a high enough number that even at some point Notre Dame's offense can't get score too much on them. So I, I think their defense is enough to hold Caleb Williams in enough check mm -hmm. that they're not getting blown out 45 to zero, but I don't think it's going to be great. So I'm taking USC money line. I think Caleb Williams wins this game. Yeah, I, I'm kind of going to piggyback off you with the under on that. Um, the the trends follow the under 62 and a half. It's like the average score is 26 to 28 over the past um, 10 matches. And, uh, 
it's it's like you said. I I think Notre Dame's going to come to play. Um, I think they're going to give Khalid Williams a headache because I starting to my gut is starting to tell me that Khalid Williams is overrated, and it could be partly because he's doing this whole draft shit about um, how he's not going to want to be drafted by five different teams, and he's already acting like he's a professional and he haven't even played a snap in the NFL. So I'm really starting to hate this guy, but personally, aside, I think this is going to be under 62 and a half. So real quick, Dave, who who are you referring to? Kaleeb. Kaleeb? Yeah. <laughs> not not Caleb? What? <laughs> yeah, Caleb. Caleb Williams? <laughs> Kale, yeah, see, I don't even care how his name is Browns. He's going to be a bust in the NFL. <laughs> Wait a second. Wait, hold on. That, that whole so time he was referring to Caleb Williams, and he was calling him Khalid. I'm literally Googling Khalid Williams, and I was like, what That's... the fuck? Has it, has it played a snap? I'm assuming you meant in the NFL, yeah. <laughs> not college. I don't know. <laughs> No, I said he what he hasn't played a snap in the NFL and he's already acting oh, like an NFL quarterback. I mean, well, you know. in a way, he's making NFL money. <laughs> you play. You That's know, what I mean. He, he he's acting like he has a choice, of which he does technically. But he's gonna he's gonna be be toxic to the NFL before he even gets there. I just I just foresee this playing out that he possibly misses, like he sits out the draft this year, so he comes back to USC again next year. And ends up like a worse situation gets the first overall pick next year, or something like that. Like that's that's kind of how I foresee that playing out for him, in my opinion. I mean, Cardinals is not the worst situation you could be in. Frankly, the Bears aren't even the worst situation you could be in. There's, I think that that's a thing, dude. That's still for in both scenarios that dude. That's a heavy battle. Well, yeah. I, well, if you're taking Caleb Williams first overall, it's not a heavy battle anymore. Um, I mean, dude, the way just, I mean, just, yeah, I guess you're right. If the Bears had the number one pick, they would either be committed to Justin Fields again, or, you know, if they took Caleb, yeah, they would probably be expecting, but I, I would, there would still be rumors that Justin Fields could win that. I mean, my, the way I look at it is look at the Panthers with Bryce Young. They took him first overall. They're that not, was the dumbest thing. Yeah, ever. they're not moving off of that anytime soon. They, you know, they, Andy Dalton's there. Andy Dalton played pretty well in the game that he played. Dude, the they Panthers. have a defense yeah. there too. Their yeah. defense isn't they, bad. They like, do. They they're pieces. They're right. a sneaky team. They're a sneaky team. It's they just don't have a quarterback right now because Bryce Young no. hasn't figured out how to play in the NFL, and I'm not entirely sold that he will. No, not a locker room guy. Yep, nobody helped him pick him up when he, uh, when he slid. So. Sounds so dumb, but dude, I swear to God, I will stand by that. Like, that <laughs> has to be, like, that's a thing. No, why I did I think his name was Prince Khalid? Yeah, I'm not sure why you thought that. I, I put too many E's in there. <laughs> also, I'm taking Notre Dame minus two and a half. I'm tempted to take <laughs> UNC now after hearing Dave, uh, <laughs> Dave's reasoning. Just. <laughs> I just know, but I'm, I'm gonna stick I with my guns. Caleb Williams is putting that up in the that's a that's bulletin board material for him. Hey, this guy on this random podcast called me Khalid. So, <laughs> I'm so called Khalid. I'm calling Khalid to his face, Mister NFL guy, Mister. Oh, you can do. I want to go to these five teams. I'm already a free agent. Well, don't go in the draft, dude. Just do a free agent. Don't enter the draft. Enter as a free agent. There you go, bro. I don't like this dude. God forbid he, this guy this. This kid who's worked his tail off his whole life, now an elite football player, best at his craft, wants to get paid, <laughs> put his family in a better position for life, give back to charity. Wow. You you are definitely fluffing him. Wow, I love, you I love Khalib. I can't help. I love Khalib. Yeah. <laughs> Mitch is a real big Khalib Williams guy. Yeah. Uh, so next up we have number twenty five Miami. Four and one, three and two against spread, plus one fifty. Coming off a game where they didn't know that you can kneel the ball. At number twelve, UNC five and zero, four and one against spread, minus one eighty. UNC is minus three and a half, fifty seven point over under, and we are all in agreement. UNC minus three and a half here. 
I don't think we're taking UNC three and a half specifically because Miami doesn't know that you can kneel the ball, but it doesn't uh, help. Speak for yourself, dude. That <laughs> is exactly why I'm taking that minus three and a half. Dude, that was the biggest joke I've ever seen in my entire life. I cannot believe that happened. The the rumor is that he wanted to get his his uh the running back a hundred yards. He had ninety nine yards, um, so he wanted to get him to a hundred. But that is a big risk. They're just covering their stupidity. They're covering their stupidity. I don't, I, dude. I think that just makes it even dumber. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I, I could understand if if you're like, and I don't think that this was the case, but it, you could see the potential of someone being like, oh, I like did the math wrong. I thought we needed to have a first down kind of thing. Like I could see that like being how that played out where he was like, I thought we needed well, a first Reed's down. Yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't do the math right. I thought we needed a first down kind of thing. We didn't have enough time to like, it wouldn't take off enough time like that. If you make that argument, I could be like, you know, you're in a high pressure situation. I could understand in that, you know, you got to make a quick decision like that. Maybe you, did the math wrong you're not you, you're not exactly you know a math professor over there you at miami you're head football coach so it's kind of like one of if that was the reason why i could understand it i think it's still dumb like that you know that you didn't do the math right but <laughs> at the same time like i could understand the situation but no it's just like it's it was the it's now the poster for why you need the ball now on like yeah it's it's victory formation yeah but no honestly i think unc like regardless of what had happened last week i think unc is overall the better team here um yeah unc looks great four and one against the spread too Um, so we talked about a lot of reasons to take about unc both undefeated florida state's also undefeated there is a strange world here where you could end up with three 12-0 ACC teams. And it goes down... I was looking this up the other day because I was intrigued about it. It goes down to the fifth level of the tiebreaker to decide who would be in the ACC championship then because they don't play each other. And that's, like, basically the first four all based off of, like, playing against each other or, like, who you played against. But if you're all 12... If every team is 12-0, you would have, like, the same record against the same teams because that's like level four or something like level one is like head to head level two is like if everybody's still like if it's three-way tie it's like point differential head to head or something like that and then like three and four based on like who you played against number five which this is the craziest thing ever this is how this could decide who goes to the acc championship game is the records of the acc teams they played it would be the win percentage of the teams they oh played. Oh my goodness! So it would if you you know if one team beat all of the like three and nine ACC teams and the other two played Clemson and Duke, which they do, it's like Louisville could miss out on the ACC championship because they didn't play any of the harder ACC schools, even Damn. though they went twelve and zero. <laughs> it's. I, it's kind of ridiculous that it could potentially come down to other other teams determining and like whether they win or not determining whether you make it to the ACC championship. Um, Is the ACC the best conference in football right now? No, not. <laughs> <laughs> I will be a hundred percent honest with you. I think for this might be the first time and only time I'll ever say it. I think Back it's very possible right now that they are the fifth conference out of the Power Five. I think the Big Twelve looks really good right now. At least the at least the top. Oh, uh, I guess the Big Twelve is very similar to the ACC, where it's very like it's very top heavy. But there's also there are some teams at the bottom that are struggling hard right now. Um, we'll kind of see what happens because part of this is that Texas and Oklahoma are like the top teams in the Big Twelve, and they're not going to be in the Big Twelve next year. But the top teams in the Pac-12 are all going to the Big Ten next year. It's not the ones going to the Big 12. So, interesting theory, interesting tidbit. I'm, probably I'm going with the Patriot League. Bringing, up, bringing FCS up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, 
we we're not talking about them. Well, we weren't going to talk about them, but we do we do have them as our uh, majority here. So the Sun Belt is pretty good right now, and frankly, it's gonna we're running into another situation with JMU looking really good, and possibly not making the Sun Belt championship because they're still in their probation years. And they're I think, only five I mean, and zero, dude. Well, they were they're five and zero, but I mean, last year they, if they were a properly, you know, instated member of the Sun Belt and weren't in a probation period, they would have been in the Sun Belt championship game. Coastal Carolina went instead because they were the they were the number two team in the division because JMU wasn't allowed to have a postseason because of the probation, and they're not allowed to have one this year either. Yeah, it's, it's a two-year ban, right? Yeah, well, I wouldn't call it a ban. It's not a ban. Yeah. Probation. It's a two-year yeah. probation. So that's also why, like... So why did they have pro- a probationary period so, if they went up? Actually, funny, I, I can't actually talk on this subject. So <laughs> um, I looked this up, actually, specifically because of Jamie, because I really wanted to understand it, too. And the theory behind it was they the NCAA didn't want teams jumping up to FBS just for, like, a couple good years. And then jumping back down to FCS, so they wanted so they, have, they wanted they you to, to be up here. Commitment by yeah, you had to show your commitment by kind of acknowledging the fact that, that you'd have two the years. The fact that they're that good with their players, knowing that they have no chance at you know the glory of it, is kind of amazing. Just because if they if they can do this while not having a chance at competing at a bowl or in the championship. Imagine whenever they get that incentive, the carrot, you know. Oh yeah, and like so they they're, um are gonna be great. They they did petition this year to the NCAA to like try to allow them to at least play in a bowl, and even they petitioned the Sun Belt directly too, and were like, hey, can we at least play in like the Sun Belt championship game if we make it? Because all the other programs can. And actually, I think two I think two programs did last year win Sun Belt championships in JMU. I think women's basketball actually won the Sun Belt Championship, if I remember correctly. Maybe it completely incorrect on that. Um, however, so like football is the only one that they can't play for a championship, or they can't play for a bowl. They can't play for like they're not they don't have a postseason, and it's kind of sucks because like even last year they went nine and three. So it was like, I think that was kind of garbage. So and I think it just looks bad on both the NCAA and Sunbelt's part if JMU is in that position again to make the Sunbelt championship game, but they don't get to go. Yeah, I think that's pretty scummy. I, I get I get the reasoning. I get the rationale a little bit. Don't want to just grab your bag and then go back to your hole like, down in the FCS. But I, it, I think it, I understood it more stupid. when... Um, I understood it more because in the past that is kind of like UConn moved up and moved down like three times since 2000. Like they've been jumping up and down and like I understood it before like conference realignment and everything because now you like you can't just jump around with conference realignment in the way that these like uh, charters and or bill of rights or whatever they call the agreements for these conferences you can't just like jump up and down like that and plus you would at this point i think money is so much of a more of a factor in media rights because of conferences that it's like jumping up and down you you would lose so much money just to come up to compete for two years or something like that like i think at the very least maybe do like a one-year bowl ban but like you, if you're in a conference, you should be able to play for that conference championship, regardless, because you're not going to move up from FCS to a Power Five. So it's not like you're moving up to get a spot in. Uh, well, I guess because with the new expanded playoffs, you could be moving up to get a spot in the playoff. So, uh, interesting tidbit there, on that. Um, but so that the next game we do have Mizzou lost their ranking. Five and one, three and three against spread plus one fourteen. I really thought they were going to pull it off against LSU last week. That was kind of a heartbreaker. Uh, they are at number twenty four, Kentucky. 
five and one, four and two against spread, minus 135. Kentucky are two and a half point favorites at home, 52 and a half over under. Another majority pick here. We're all taking the Mizzou money line. Uh, Missouri looked good against LSU. They just couldn't pull it out in the end. Kentucky looked like absolute like trash against Georgia. And, I mean, to be fair, part of that is because it is Georgia. But Kentucky does this every year. It seems like as of late, they go 3-0, 4-0, 5-0, start playing a tough SEC schedule and fall apart completely. So I, I think this is we're on the downward trend of Kentucky. They're going to lose to Mizzou. They'll lose to Tennessee. Possibly lose to Florida. It just kind of depends which Florida team shows up, whether they're at home or away. That's a whole different story. I think Kentucky's on a downward trend. I think Mizzou, you know, they, it was almost an Icarus situation. I think they flew a little too close to the sun, got a little too ahead of themselves. They were up 27, what, they were up 27-12 or something like that, 27-14 against LSU. Yeah. I think they got a little too comfortable and just made too many mistakes down the stretch and lost that game. Uh, and Jalen Daniels, right? Jalen Daniels is LSU. Is it Jalen or Jay? I, I got to make Jaylene. Yeah. It's Jaleeb. Uh, Jaleeb. Yeah, Jaleeb Daniels. So why does not Jaleeb? Caleb, you know, same thing. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> J- no, uh, Jaden Daniels is the quarterback for Kansas. That's why I get it mixed up. Jaden, uh, okay. Jalen Daniels, I believe, is the quarterback for LSU. He balled out at the end of that game and basically put the entire state of Louisiana on his back for that win. But I think Missouri come, goes into Lexington and comes out with a win. Yeah, that's why I kind of chose Missouri, Missouri or the Mizzou. Yeah, okay. So that's why I chose them too. Because the way they play against LSU, they, they should have beat them. I, they, they definitely played soft after they got that lead. They're definitely better better than Kentucky. But I chose the money line because I, I think they won't need the help with the points. Yep, I'm also on uh, Missouri money line with this one. Um, it's kind of weird none of us took the two and a half. I feel like two and a half is a decent line. But I think that just shows we're all pretty confident that Missouri's the better team here. They're going to go into Kentucky. I think they should beat them probably by a touchdown. We'll see. I'm also taking the under in this one, and I'm I'm doing this solely for uh, I'm following the money on this one. I'm taking the under. 51 or 52 and a half seems kind of low, to be honest, for this game. It'd be like a pretty high caliber game, but it's kind of awkward to me. So I'm just going to take the under because I don't get it. Yeah, we went on a couple of tangents, so we're just trying to roll through these now. Next up, we got number 18, UCLA, 4-1, and 3-2 against spread, plus 154, coming off a win against Washington State. At number 15, Oregon State, 5-1, and 4-2 against spread, minus 185. Oregon State are four-point favorites at home, 54.5 point over-under. Uh, this is another one where we do have a majority Oregon State money line. You guys both took minus four. I'm just sticking money line. UCLA yeah. showed up against Washington State, or maybe it was the other way around. Washington State didn't really show up. I'll be honest, I didn't stay up that late to watch that game. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was pretty tuckered out on Saturday afternoon there with all the, with that early game slate. We had some good games. Uh, but I'm also taking over 54.5 uh, between UCLA's offense and Oregon State's offense. I think we're getting into a real shootout here. So I'm going to take Oregon State money line over 54.5. Yeah, I took Oregon State. I think they're going to need a little bit of help. You know, I took the minus, or I'm sorry, I think they're not going to need the help. So I took the minus four on this one. Um, I, I, I don't think it's going to be close, actually. I think Oregon State's a better team. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. I'm taking Oregon State minus four as well. I'm also riding on the over, over 54.5. I don't think there's going to be much defense here. So I'm expecting a shootout. I hope that's what we get. It should be fun. All right, so just going through here real quick to close things up on college. We do have the majority picks. We got JMU money line in the Georgia Southern JMU game. We got Penn State minus 42, UMass Penn State. Louisville Pitt, we took Louisville 7.5. Didn't talk about it here, but we do have uh, – did take Washington State minus eight at home against Arizona. 
And then as we talked about, UNC minus three and a half, Missouri money line, Oregon State money line there. So that's what we got for college. Moving on to the NFL, there's been some weird things going on. A lot of weird things going on in the NFL in general, I think. Um, you know, some of we're, we're only going to try to hit on five games here, but a couple things that I didn't expect. I, I don't think any of us expected the Broncos to go one and four and potentially start a fire sale here. I mean, it sounds like everybody is up for grabs. Potentially, they're saying Steelers are possibly looking at Pat Sertan. They're talking about, you know, someone from Sutton or Judy. One of those two are going to get traded away. It's, you know, there's a lot going on just in general in the NFL that I think is kind of crazy. What do you, what do you guys think? I hope Steelers get Russ Wilson and then he can get into <laughs> fights and eye, eye roll against Matt Canada and there'll be a little feuding there. I think I wouldn't know who you yeah. would in that situation because I, I don't like Russell Wilson. Um, I also don't like Matt Canada. So, you know, I think it's kind of a win-win scenario if we pick up Russ. So I'm, I'm just rooting for that. Yeah, that would be nice to see a veteran quarterback coming in and telling, you know, telling Matt Canada to shut the fuck up. Well, I mean, didn't you guys see on the touchdown pass? That's essentially what Kevin did. He yeah. decided to change the that's play, the... and they scored. What a surprise. When you divert from Matt Canada's play call, you actually score the ball. Who would have thought? It was... That's probably a jet sweep. I honestly, I think it might be. Um, so we're looking at first game we were going to talk about is our one o'clock window on Sunday. We're talking Seahawks three and one. They're three and one against spread plus one thirty six at the Bengals two three one three and one against spread minus one sixty two. I took the Seahawks here. Uh, Bengals are my sorry. Bengals are minus three favorites. Forty five and a half point over under. I took the Seahawks money line here. I think it's plus money, and the Bengals have shown that they do know how to throw the ball to Jamar Chase once. Yes, it was last week, but I think at the same time, there's still a lot left out there for the Bengals to figure out. The Seahawks are—I mean—they're three and one, and they—they've been looking good. So I think the Seahawks potentially can come in here and steal a game in Cincinnati. That that's kind of where I sit on the Seahawks here. Yeah, my pick was the Bengals. I think it's going to be actually probably by a touchdown because I, Burrow's heating up, and you know I think he's what what is it his knee? Calf. He was injured. His calf. His calf. Okay, yeah. His uh, his his leg was injured, and I, I think he he looked pretty good last week. Seattle's defense is vulnerable. I think he's going to light him up if he doesn't. I think they'll definitely be able to run against Seattle's D. Joe Mixon may have a big game. And, uh, you know, it's going to be by at least a touchdown. Yep, I'm actually taking the uh, Bengals on this one as well. I think it's finally time for Burrow to show us what he's made of. Him and Jamar Chase hooking up, what, three times in the end zone. Very good sign for them. Everyone's riding the Seahawks right now. I I just don't see the Seahawks being that good. I mean, not. they beat the Lions. That That is obviously, that's a great win. It was an overtime win. Can't take that away from them. That was in Detroit. They lost to the Rams. They barely beat the Panthers. They beat the Giants. It, there's not really anything on their resume that's that impressive, other than, again, the Lions win. I think Bengals... Could not have been playing worse to start the season. They showed us last week that they're better than that, and I think that they continue that trend upward. Yeah, I mean, the reason I'm kind of on the Seahawks train, at least for this game, is like the Bengals for four of their five games have looked more like the Giants, the Panthers, the you know, the lower level teams. Last week they looked more like the Rams and the and the Lions. Um, I mean, the Rams, granted, the Rams are... Oh, you're putting the Rams up there? Is it because of Puka? I, mean, I think the the Rams are playing well. They're not. Wait, why don't we talk about Puka while we're talking about this? I mean, we're not talking about Puka. He's forbidden territory. And so, I mean, you bring up Jamar Chase scoring three touchdowns. Going into our next game, 
that we're going to talk about. 49ers, who are 5-0, and 4-1 against the spread, minus 245. At the Browns, 2-2, two 2-2 two, two two against the spread, plus 200. 5.5 point underdogs, 37.5 point over under. Rolling 49ers, minus 5.5. But back to your point about Jamar Chase scoring three touchdowns. That doesn't, you know, George Kittle had three touchdowns. And unless something happens to Cole Komet, I probably won't be starting George Kittle again this week, even though he was the highest scoring tight end in fantasy last week. That's so, stupid. I mean, it's it's possible that the Bengals, you know, revert back to what they've been doing the previous weeks. That there's potential for yeah. it. I don't think it's. Uh, granted, so, I would say it's it is more Chase likely. Is open every every time. Well, Higgins was, was injured too. Higgins was injured, so that's. True. that's... But, I will say it is more likely that the Bengals, you know, Jamar Chase scores three touchdowns against the Seahawks than George Kittle's going to score another three touchdowns this week as well. Like, I think if, yeah, like, there's no if way. you were to put weight them, then well, it's significantly more likely Jamar Chase scores three touchdowns than, yeah. than George Kittle does. Um, what do you think the line on CMC scoring is It's going to be? Probably like minus 250. I was going to say Vegas at some point has huh. to just make that number just – so ridiculously like low that people have to stop taking it. Like, it's it's, it's literally it's he's hit a every day. It's hit every week since week thirteen last year. Yep. Like they're t- saying, if you started with like a thousand dollars and you just kept rolling it over, it's over. You've made over a million dollars now. Like, that's that's ridiculous. Um. So I mean, we all took Niners five and a half. Uh, speaking they of, look I'm insane. throwing it on there they because so I gotta I gotta nix it. I gotta nix it. So I'm adding it. CMC anytime touchdown score is going to be one of my picks here. Dude, that's a freebie though. Give me that one. I'll take that one. That's an ex- <laughs> That's a free one and zero. All right, I'm taking CMC anytime. Yep, I'm on board we're with that. Adding it. We're well, adding it to Dave, the majority too. Yep, add it to the majority for a CMC anytime touchdown score too. I think that should just be implied every week. <laughs> <laughs> well, we shouldn't even have to I, because I picked it now. Now it's not going to hit. Just see, just probably. So aware, oh yeah, so. now that's a consensus. That's that's how that works. Um, but moving on to our next game, we don't have Justin here to talk about the Patriots and specifically talk about Josh McDaniels. But we are going to talk about Patriots here, one and four, one and four against spread, plus one thirty. Raiders two and three, two and three against spread, minus one fifty five, three point favorites, forty one and a half point over under. Uh, I varied from you guys here. I just as bad as Matt Jones has been. <laughs> The Raiders are just like getting away. Like they should not have two wins. If I'm being honest, like they're. I don't understand. I don't don't know what happened last week with the Packers. The Packers should have easily won that game. You know, the fact that the the Raiders won that game with getting Devontae Adams barely involved to start like for the entire first half is just ridiculous. And I think it goes to show, like, Josh McDaniels is um, – I'm starting to jump on Justin's train here. Josh McDaniels does not know anything about football. No. And I think that's what this game possibly comes down to is just a coaching decision. And 10 times out of 10, if coaching decisions decide a game, I'm taking Bill Belichick over Josh McDaniels. I mean, I, I don't know what's up with the, with the Patriots. They're usually – in better contention than what they have been, but they're just ass right now. I mean, I chose the Raiders minus three. I mean, the Raiders got the better offense on the, on the field and the way their defense, even the Patriots defense hasn't been playing the way they should be. So I don't see them coming, going to uh, Las Vegas to, to redeem themselves. Yeah. It's a kind of a scary, although shitty game Um, should be interesting, but I always hate seeing uh, the fact that Jimmy G played under Bill for a while. Like you just know he's gonna pull out some crazy shit to just stop him. Not that he's even like the most dynamic player on the field. I'm still taking the Raiders minus three here. Um, I I feel like unless Bailey Zappi plays, then I'm all over the Patriots. But Mac Jones is not the guy. As long as Mac Jones is on the field, they're Patriots aren't going to win. Bad. I don't even yeah. know why he's yeah, It's really bad. Put Bailey out there. But it's like, do they even yeah. tank and, and take another quarterback? 
Because they have two really young guys. Like, is that really a, even a strategy for them? Was that on Kaleeb's list to play for the Patriots? Oh, yes, have, I said Kaleeb on purpose. They have so many different young quarterbacks because they have Malik Cunningham on their practice squad, too. Oh, they do, yeah. Like, they have... But he's been playing wide receiver, too. They, they used him as both in the preseason. Like, Marvin Harrison yeah. Jr., maybe, would be a fit there. Give him a, give him a big target. Gonna throw I mean, yeah, you got target. it. I think... Bailey Zapp? <laughs> I think they need to consider the Bailey Zappi idea at some point. Here. Yeah, I think yeah. they. Yeah. I think it's getting a little a tad ridiculous that they they're not. They just got to roll um, Zappi and see what he does, see what he can do. You I know. Under, yeah, I understand the whole like you got you got to keep rolling with Mac Jones for his. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna play Mac Jones, you got to play Mac Jones because you can't bench him because you're just gonna kill his entire psyche. But like. If you want to win games at some point, Mac Jones ain't getting the job done. So you got to realize that. So. Nope. Yep. Next uh, afternoon slate Sunday we got is Lions who are four and one, four and one against spread minus one sixty two at the Buccaneers who are three and one, three and one against spread plus one thirty six, plus three underdogs at home with a forty three and a half point over under. Dave, you're killing me. You gotta learn. <laughs> So, I mean, I'm on Lions money line. Um, just with the way the NFL is this year, like, it's, it is tough to take spreads just because everything, you know, so much is like, you know, Patrick Mahomes taking the knee at the two-yard line instead of scoring, like, to cover, stuff like that. You know, it's like now that they're they're kind of addressing the whole betting thing, like, it seems like, there's a lot more going on and a lot more uh, adjustment of play based on betting. You know, Sean McVay kicking a field goal with 12 12 seconds left, down 10, so they can cover a a 7.5-point spread. Like, it's, you know, it's crazy things are happening that people are going out of their way to affect spreads. So, like, when your money line isn't that much different than a spread, that's kind of why I took Lions money line here instead of taking the minus yeah. three threes here. Yeah, that's yeah. I I actually chose Tampa Bay. I think I feel like this might be the week where Jared Goff struggles, and it's going to be even worse if St. Brown can't play. So um, I'm going to put trust in Tampa Bay's defense this week, and I think they're going to take the win at home against the Lions. Yeah, I hate betting against Baker, but at this point, I cannot bet against the Lions. I, I, it's hard for me to find a single scenario where I'd bet against the Lions. Probably the Niners would be the only team I'd, I'd bait them. I'm taking the Lions minus three here and just let them keep rolling. For the sake of my fantasy season, I need a Monroe play this week. Um, otherwise, I will. I, I think if the Monroe doesn't play, I will 100% be 0 and 6. I think you're, yeah, I think that ship's already sailed. But. Yeah, I think I might be already trending towards zero and six because it's going to be a close matchup. Actually, I think your percentage is. Yeah, I think your percentage is a little bit higher than mine, but that's right now. But yeah, if Amon Ra doesn't play, I don't. I don't think I have somebody to truly make up those sixteen points. Uh, my, you just gotta hope somebody. My best, my somebody best chance at making up those sixteen points are Christian Watson, who's not, who's on a bye this week, so. Yeah, he should have, what, two touchdowns on Monday? So, I mean, and the worst part about all moving in, you know, slowly moving into fantasy here, um, the worst part about this starting 0-5 is that four of the weeks I could have won if I had set my best possible lineup. I mean, two, two of the weeks I lost by less than, well, three of the weeks I lost by less than seven points. Like, and my best lineup possible would have beat any of those lineups by 40 plus points. So it's like, I, I don't know what I'm and It's, it's kind of tough because I don't know. Are you going to cry? I might cry. It's it. You sound like you're I, listen, emotional. Like I'm, I'm, no, I'm definitely emotional about this. Cause like, <clears throat> oh it's, it just feels like it's, it's so disheartening. It's, you it's, it's such a, team, it's dude. such a, That's... Well, the, years ago. it's not 
at this point, it's not even like an over management thing. It's I have, I just, I'm just bad at picking who's going to go off. Like, and it's just, it's disheartening to know that I don't have a touch. Like, not that, not to say that I ever did, but it's like, it's never been this bad. That like, <laughs> like last year I tanked. And even when I was tanking, I was still at one point, I was still winning games. Yeah. To, to an extent, like even while I was tanking. And then the year before that, I mean, I finished second in the regular season in the first, you know, in the first season of our league. So it's like, it's not that I had a. I, I will admit I've overmanaged. I could have a much better lineup if I, with what I previously had at one point. But it's just yeah, you know, it's just disheartening that it's like no matter what I put, whatever whatever lineup I put in, it's just gonna lose. <laughs> not because like it's know bad. How it, yes. Welcome to my world, AJ. Except yeah. mine's usually based off of injuries. Well, Kyle, the difference with Kyle was like there wasn't a way for him to win in a lot of those matchups, you know, the last couple of years, he would, he would put up 180 points and he'd get lose to somebody that put up 200 that week, all because yeah. like both him and the person he's playing against set their best possible lineups. And he like his best possible lineup wasn't beating other people's best possible lineups. Like yeah. in at least three of the games, three of these five games, if not four, my best possible lineup would have beaten the other person's best possible lineup. So, I mean, even I like looking it. at my matchup with you, like if I had set up, if I moved two people into my lineup, you know, your, your lineup was almost like what? 98% of your best possible lineup. Mine was like 60%. It was that. And yeah. I, I mean, put up 181 points to your 116. Look at the look at the the max points that I could have gotten that week. My best possible lineup would have beaten you. I understand that, but that is not the, that's the problem with your team. It's it's not, not even your management. It's that you don't know who's going to go off. You don't have your guys. Yeah, like, you. I know I can start Christian McCaffrey every week. I know I can start Tyreek Hill. I know I'm starting Mark Andrews. I know I'm starting Puka. No matter what, because yeah. those are explosive guys. Well, you have, I mean, you know you're starting Bijan. That's pretty yeah. much it. And and St. Brown, obviously. Yeah, Bijan, that's Brown. pretty much it, dude. But before, you're starting like, Kenny Pickett, dude. Well, you're starting Kenny Pickett over Anthony Richardson. Anthony like, Richardson, who had missed, stupid. he who had missed more than half the game with a con- concussion the week before. Like there wasn't any guarantee he was going to play. I mean, he was active for the game. Well, and now he's on the IR. <laughs> Because I started him like last week. He put week. up 33 points up <laughs> during that and game. Like a, and like a quarter. Yeah. yeah Dude, no, he would have put up more points in one drive than Kenny Pickett did in the entire game. Well, Kenny Pickett is a never didn't start. Have, didn't happen like a never last start. week. Kenny Pickett outscored him last week. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, but you should not be starting Kenny Pickett in any scenario. No, you I shouldn't. would start Annie over him. It was, it was seen as a good matchup. Versus the Rams, or not? Sorry, not the Rams. The Raiders. That's why I started Kenny Pickett. But George Kittle only put up one point nine yeah. that week. That's but see, brutal. that's that's what I mean. Like the first like three weeks of the season, well, I was also I was that's an anomaly because Cole Komet put up twenty seven. Yeah. So, well, but not really an anomaly because Cole Komet put up another seventeen last week, and I started Cole Komet. But then, of course, the one week I don't start George Kittle, he scores three touchdowns. Like, yeah. That's how it sucks sometimes. Whenever you have like, I think what maybe forty half. Actually, half my lineup is based off of streaky players, and you know I just got what Josh Allen guaranteed every week. Um, Evan Ingram now guaranteed every week at least ten points, and um, that's basically it for me. My soul had what you know had. Three points, nine points. Yeah, you, know, you had six carries and three receptions kicker against also Kansas City zero, right, for nine points. And that, you know, how was I supposed to believe that they were going to use Brees Hall again next, like last week, the way that they did? Like there was nothing that said Brees Hall no was going to go from. Dude. I don't. I don't trust a coach you that are, only gives him six carries. He's not going to give him one, two carries the next week. You were obsessed with Brees Hall. 
I couldn't. I couldn't nope. have offered you Tyreek Hill, CMC. You st- I mean, together for to be, for to Brees be fair, Hall. You you still couldn't get me off Brees Hall. My problem with Brees Hall, what and well, not starting him last right week there. was was Robert Sala because they only gave they've been like limiting his touches since he came back from his knee injury, and they didn't they did not indicate anything in their game plans from the previous weeks to indicate that he was going to go from six carries to 22 carries against the Broncos. Yeah, well, you know, but they also have to employ a little bit of tact. Like, hey, we're going to feed the, our running back this week. Then the opposing coach is just like, oh, well, thank you for letting me know. We'll game plan accordingly. You think they're just going to, like, like, telegraph that to the world? I mean, he had... 20, the previous three like you games, can't just tell the other the team what you're going to do that week. Combined, he had 24 carries. Like, you have 24 carries in three weeks. On what? Like, am, how am I supposed to believe that he's going to have 22 carries the week five when weeks two for, through four he had 24? That's exactly why he he was due. But he didn't need 23 carries to be productive. He needed 13. Yeah. Well, he had 13, 13 and he still had the previous. Well, he had 12 and only put up. When he played against New England, he had 12 carries for nine rushing yards. Or sorry, 12 carries for 18 rushing yards. He had one reception for nine yards. He had 13 touches, got me 3.7 points. Well, got to weather those weeks. Yeah. You're a true, true believer. Oh, when you're sitting on four. So I couldn't trade you Tyreek Hill and CMC for Brees Hall right now. I mean, maybe <laughs> right now you could because I have. What about Puka? Backs. Puka for Brees Hall? No. That's dumb. I'm just kidding. Okay. Well, but that's that's my depression corner on fantasy. Uh, back to your regular schedule. Yeah, back to your regularly scheduled program. <laughs> Our last game of the week, we're going to talk about Monday Night Football. Cowboys three and two, three and two against spread minus one thirty. Chargers two and two, two and two against spread plus one ten. Chargers are two point underdogs at home, fifty and a half point over under. I'm going to be honest with you guys here. I have Cowboys minus two right here, but I am definitely pulling for the Chargers because I do somewhat believe the Cowboys are frauds. They beat the teams that were bad, and they struggled against. I mean, they struggled. They lost the Cardinals for one, and they got the absolute piss beat out of them by the Forty ers And so, and then you look at the teams that they beat were what the Giants. The Patriots and who's their third one against? Can't think of who they played. I can't remember either. Let's see. Back at it. Cowboys. They play week three because I feel like that's the week that I'm not thinking of. Jets. Yeah, they beat the Jets while they were still trying to figure out Zach Wilson. So, like, you know, the, it's very possible the Cowboys are frauds. The Chargers haven't exactly been great either. Um, they were my team to look out for. So, I mean... Eckler's been injured too, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence here. There's there's a world where I do believe the Chargers win. Just something tells me, you know, I, I make a lot of my picks just based on my gut here. And my gut when I first looked at this was Cowboys minus two, regardless of them being frauds. Uh, I think it, this game will go to show more about the Chargers than the Cowboys, personally. Um, Cowboys could blow out the Chargers, and I don't think it says much. However, if the Chargers hang in with the Cowboys or the Chargers beat the Cowboys, I think it says more for the Chargers than the Cowboys at this point. Yeah, I I don't even know how the Cowboys are favored after the way they've been playing, but it's like I said, like not even a minute ago, Austin Eckler's back in the lineup. They they sat him out for an extra week or week, what was it, week four, because they were going on their bye week last week, and he's going to be fresh. He's going to be rolling. And the only thing I can see is it you know, maybe it depends on how Herbert plays because, you know, with Mike Williams being out, they can't. They don't really have a secondary receiver. They got to rely on uh, Allen a little bit more. But Joshua I think Palmer. he's just going to dump. I was thinking Jonathan, but um, I just feel like they're going to lean toward. They're probably going to lean on Eckler 
and he's going to get 40 points, pushing AJ to 0-6. And it's going to be quite a good fantasy week for me. I'm I'm also on the Chargers. I'm taking the Chargers money line here. Actually, this is going to be such a tough game. It's it's literally impossible to bet on the Cowboys at this point. If I'm being honest, just because it's it's whatever whatever Dak does. If Dak goes off, or he doesn't even need to go off. If Dak just plays half decent. Cowboys roll 90% of the league. Um, but that's just not been the case. I mean, if Dak throws three, four interceptions, like they're they're going to lose. Chargers, I think, are a lot better than people give them credit for. Like Dave said, with Eckler coming back, I think that is like a crazy boost for them. Fresh, not demoralized like the Cowboys. I think I think the Chargers pull this one out. All right. I mean, that's this is our picks for the week. We're gonna drop a graphic with the picks as well. Um, the only uh, majorities we have, we actually, well, actually, I guess we didn't talk about one. Uh, we the only majority we have this week for NFL is Niners minus five and a half and Eagles minus seven. Um, Eagles at the Jets. You know, Eagles are pretty good about covering the spread, and the Jets are still kind of figuring things out there. Um, but hopefully, now we're gonna be back on our schedule as normal and we should have another episode we actually i think we were talking about this talk about a little bit here too i think we might move to a live setup you know what do you guys what do you guys think about maybe going live next wednesday night let's do it let's do it let's go to archie's and do a live live stream there do a live stream do a live stream on wednesday in the middle of uh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Wednesday, Wednesday's oh, trivia night at Archie's. That would be so terrible. That's actually a good idea. No, we're doing it, dude. Yings and wings and trivia. Let's go. Yings, wings, and trivia. Cool. And podcast. And, and podcast. We'll just go up to random people. Uh, what's the what's the name of the guy that sits by himself? Better off solo. Better off solo. Yeah, we'll we'll go up and ask him for his takes because he's got to have something good, right? Oh, dude, he, no, he does. He's got the numbers. He's crunching them. He's got Calc three going. All right, guys, we will catch you next week. See ya. Goodbye.